2: Welcome back to Outkick Bets with me, your host, Jeff Clark. It's Christmas week, so I am pretty busy. I'm handicapping the NBA, but I'm more interested in the NFL, which is what we're here to talk about today. It's NFL Week 16. There's one Thursday night football game, 11 Christmas Eve games Saturday, three Christmas games, and then a Monday night football game. I'm here to break down several of them with Dan Z, who returns after having a week off. He still gave out picks via OutKick.com backslash betting, and he killed it. Dan, you're a goddamn inspiration. Talk to us about your week 15. How did it go for you?
1: Yeah, first of all, I had a first in my life, which was I had two people. One person tweeted at me. The other one sent me a DM that was like, hey, uh, can you put your picks up earlier? Uh, One guy was like, "I I won't. I won't. Out him here because uh, apparently he does it with his uh, wife's not knowledge. He, I think he lives in I don't know. He lives in a state where you can't gamble, and he's like, I got to drive forty five minutes to the border and back, and uh, it's kind of tough to do around Christmas. So the earlier you can get your picks out, and I can make them. That would be <laughs> that would be
2: great. And I was yeah. like,
1: dang, dude,
2: because I got to tell the wife I'm going shopping.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> so I'm like, that's a lot of pressure, man. Like, I if you're driving an hour both ways. Um, with my picks like they better be winners or shit
2: well he's driving an hour both ways with someone's picks but you've you've won him money so he's hoping you can uh provide the picks that he needs
1: so last week we had uh actually a real good shot at 4-0 tough break uh we had the cardinals broncos under 36 the game was 6-3 at halftime cardinals scored kind of a late crappy touchdown that didn't matter that that pushed the total just over uh you could argue we got lucky on the patriots raiders over 44 and a half but yeah you could i mean i mean the game was trending over the whole time like it was 17 10 like right towards the beginning of the second half it should have gone over more easily than it did but yeah we got the keelan cole touchdown that was ruled inbounds and, and that pushed us over so i don't know i suppose you could call those two a wash um, but we comfortably hit the Giants plus four and a half over the Commanders and comfortably hit the Packers minus seven over the Rams. And I know I got you on that one.
2: You did get me on that one. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more about that game. That was one of my three losers um, when we break down the Packers Dolphins. But um, Rams plus seven was a loser. Uh, Jets pick em was a loser. Cowboys minus three and a half was a loser. Jets, cow- Jets and the Cowboys felt. They were tough beats. Jacksonville played their asses off, so I can't hate on that backdoor cover, especially when they came back and actually won outright. I hit the Dolphins plus seven versus the Bills Saturday, and I was, I was so pumped. That was like my favorite win of the whole year because, like, I said on our editorial call, I was like, "No, I like the Dolphins here. I'm gonna sprinkle on the money line, but let's hit the points." And that, like, I don't know if you were on that call, but like, that was like one of the more animated like parts of. An editorial call I've ever had so people were excited about that game I was happy to go into the Sunday with a winning record but ended up just choking uh, three losers ended up uh, tying with the, the, the Titans plus three again it was a
1: weird week we talked about this like we Jeff and I also do this side pool that I got into a long time ago it's called mean machine and they send five picks or sorry five games a week against the spread or total and you have to pick those five games and then points are accrued and I think three or f- four of the five games this week all should have gone the other way. I was on the losing end of a lot of them, but like you mentioned, the Jets led with under five minutes to go, lost. Uh, the Bucks was on the Bucks, Bengals was on there. The Bucks led seventeen nothing at halftime, lost. I mean, of course, there was that historic. This wasn't part of our thing, but like you know, if you had the Colts at any number, you were ecstatic, and then all of a sudden. I mean, Colts' money line betters, I guess, were pissed, but I think Colts still ended up covering, if I'm not mistaken. But just a wild, you know, the comeback there. The Patriots-Raiders, like, if you had Raiders plus the points, they were up double digits in the second half, and then they end up getting it. Like, it was just a, it was a wild weekend of blown leads and just probably a lot of people feeling very comfortable with picks that didn't end up hitting.
2: Yeah, I mean, the NFL has just been oh, on you a heater yeah, the past couple weeks cap, with, like, Cowboys excitement.
1: Ju- Cowboys jags is another one. The Cowboys led 27-10 and ended up losing outright. Like, you know, that's a team battling for at the time battling for the, you know, the the buy in the NFC, blowing a 17-point lead to Jacksonville. Like that's that doesn't happen. Shouldn't happen.
2: That one really pissed me off. The Jets one didn't make me as mad um because that that 50-yard touchdown pass where the, the tight end leaked out like even as a Jets backer, I was like, oh, that's sick. <laughs> like, like man, you really caught Robert Sala with his pants down there. Like, no shit. Did All you right, watch, cool. Have you watched the like video of that, too? Yeah, I've seen it. Like, a that bunch tight of end. Times. Sold the shit out of that route.
1: Yeah, like, he yeah. Like almost laid on the ground, like, he got pancaked and then, like, got up out of nowhere, and there was just no one around.
2: Yeah. Ballsy
1: call on fourth and inches, too.
2: And, like, you know, when you have that a, a tight game like that between two teams, I think are are pretty evenly matched, right? The Lions and Jets are good in their own like way. Like the difference maker turned out to be the coaching and 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 Dan Campbell essentially ran circles around Robert Sala. I mean, Robert Sala more peed down his leg towards the end, but like between not using those timeouts and uh that 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 touchdown, that that tight end drag touchdown, that was just pretty sick coaching out of Dan, Dan Campbell. But like the Cowboys one kind of hurt because like the Cowboys offense looks so sick. And it was just like, Oh, all right. They can get anything. They're running with Pollard. They're running with Elliot CD Lambs catching balls. Like, all right, maybe like, maybe like the, the over is looking good. Maybe the Jaguars can, can sneak in the back door. I never thought like win out. Right. Not that it mattered for my spread. Um, I needed the Cowboys to win by four or more, but like, it just felt like in the moment, like, oh, wow, this Cowboys offense is clicking. So that one sucked, but I uh, went 1-3-1 and last week. I'm down to 1,111th place at a 4,683 circa million entries, seven games I'm still above. not
1: that bad, right? Like you're in the top 25% of what you would consider to be a pretty sharp contest.
2: It's the, it's the most populated NFL contest, I think, you know, um, yeah, it is. A, it is a sharp contest. Like, I mean, every
1: decent bet, sports better, whatever handicap, whatever you want to call it, even like fantasy geeks that I know, they're all in that. Like every single one of them yeah. is in that.
2: Yeah. So top quarter of the of the pool is is pretty strong. I'm I'm excited about my performance. Of course, you know, everyone who enters wants to get the money, and that's like the hope at the beginning of the year. But ultimately, if you can. If you can go above 55%, that's something you could kind of like hold your head up on. So, that's that's kind of what I'm striving for. Hopefully, I can get hot. Like, I do really well in week 17 or week 18. So, hopefully, I can just finish strong. We'll see, though. Does it um, go
1: through the playoffs at all or is it regular season only?
2: No, it ends at, ends at the regular season. Like, I, I think I've done five of these and I probably haven't lost – Three week seventeen games. Like I've won five and zero oh in like three of them. Like I, I don't know. I I do pretty good there, but hopefully I can I can end this strong and and maybe get to sixty percent. We'll see. Uh, I'm definitely not having the year that you're having, but as long as you can help make my listeners sharp, it's uh it's a win for both of us in a sense. So let's thirty seven
1: and seventeen on the year, sixty eight and a half percent cash rate right now.
2: So you and you have 5 picks?
1: I have 5 this week. I I never go I haven't gone that many since like week 2. I normally nail it down, but I figured it's Christmas week, we're having a good season, you know. Let's give the people some picks.
2: All right. I like it. Well, let's talk about the first uh game that I'm going to have action on here. The Thursday Night Football game tipping off or kicking off tonight. We're recording Thursday. Um Around one o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Jacksonville Jaguars visit the New York Jets. Sharp money apparently is coming on the Jets. They are now two and a half point favorites. The under is 36 and a half, So I think there's gonna be some pretty bad weather in this one. I was a lot heavier on the Jaguars earlier this week. Um I'm I think I'm gonna end up teasing this game. Just to feel a little, I feel a little bit better about the Jaguars plus eight and a half, of course, and uh, finding that's another funny leg with
1: it. I teased it the other
2: way. Oh, like when the Jets, were the Jets ever an underdog? Did you get it? No, I took,
1: I just took them today in a teaser
2: plus three and a half. A through zero. Oh, good luck, buddy. Um. So what, what was oh, your angle well, on that
1: one? Talk me through the through zero. That's, I mean, a, that's a square play.
2: Yeah, it's not something you're supposed to do. You're supposed to do advantage teasers, so you take them above or below key numbers. So above seven and a half. Yeah, and but I below. got the
1: Jets to three and a half.
2: I don't How have the math number? brain to help or to to break this down further. I just know going through zero is a bad play. But that doesn't mean it doesn't win, right? And and a game with such a low total, I I'm, I'm not sitting here. I'm not going to fully criticize you. I just know from hearing a bunch of sharps that it's something you're not supposed to do, but that doesn't I'll have to mean... look that up after this.
1: Yeah. I'm curious now.
2: Also like advantage te- advantage teasers this year have been like historically bad. They've sucked. So kind of marching to the beat of your own drum is definitely a profitable way of playing teasers this year. But I like the Jaguars more so earlier this, this week um, because I think a short week favors the better coach and, and, and the better quarterback. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is balling out. You guys are going to hear that everywhere, though. You know, Colin Coward, ESPN, whatever. They're all going to talk about how well Trevor Lawrence has been playing. 70% completion percentage, 14 touchdowns, one interception, 111 quarterback rating over the last six games. Uh, Zach Wilson is a placeholder for some guy named Mike White, which is kind of crazy. You know, second pick of the draft last year versus first pick of the draft this last year. Should be more of a marquee matchup, but... Wilson's been terrible. Um, as a Jets backer last week, I was low key like hoping Wilson would get a minor injury and we would get Joe Flacco in there.
1: Wilson didn't look bad. Like he, he actually showed some of the tools that there were some bad plays, but he did show some of the tools, including, by the way, and this is what I said to you. I think we were texting about it, you were like Zach Wilson is ass. Um but Like, he put them in position to tie that game with a crazy play to escape, get out of the pocket, buy some time, and then, like, a 40-yard dime down the field, and then Zerline shanked the kick. But, you know, if Sala uses his timeouts properly, if, if Zerline makes that kick and the Jets somehow, like, go to overtime and win the game, which wasn't that far out of the realm of possibility, given that they had a shot to do that, it's a completely different narrative about Zach Wilson. So I think coming out of that game... That's why I took the Jets. Um, I think the anti-Wilson bias. I think the recency bias on the Jags and the Jets is opposite directions. So I wasn't confident enough that they would definitely win the game outright. But I like this game to be a very close. I don't hate your teaser play because I do think the game is going to be close. Um, could be three points either way. That's why I was. That's why I teased the to get the three and a half.
2: Yeah, and sharp money's been coming in on the Jaguars all year and now that it's an obvious like recency bias spot back in the jets after an embarrassing loss like like a pretty obvious old school sharp play and now sharp money's coming in the jets it does have me nervous frankly i'm not even i'm not going to bullshit but i've already got the play locked in um well and
1: it's it's in new york too and historically thursday home has been a has been a better spot than thursday road
2: yeah And I don't have numbers. uh, uh, Going back to my first point, I don't have numbers to back this up. I just think the short week favors the better coach and quarterback, especially in bad weather conditions. Because like it's not a bad handicapping
1: angle at all. I'm not faulting you.
2: Yeah, some just some of the offensive playbook is going to be removed from the game, right? Because of the weather, because of Zach Wilson's limitations. Wilson. (laughs) I don't think so. I think I think because they both have fewer plays to execute. I'm going to go with the more proven coach and the and the better quarterback i i I think you know and I don't you know what another reason that I'm kind of nervous about this play I think the sharp money's coming in because Quinnen Williams right that's the defensive tackle for the jets yep he he's probable cam Robinson the left tackle of the Jaguars is out and trayvon Walker is out so that that's so, the reason I think for the sharp money
1: i I feel the opposite um as far as the short week for me the less time to prepare helps mitigate coaching advantages um if you give me you know that's it's why i'll take like a john harbaugh in week one and and why the ravens are so good in week one like you can't give great coaches all that time to prepare the less time they have to prepare the less the advantage over the lesser coach
2: see i'm going to personalize this for you and i have I don't even feel bad about saying this, but I, I think like your brain is faster than mine and you, you're just kind of, you just kind of move quicker than me and that's good and fine. But like I need more time to prep my notes and you get it done a lot quicker. Now I think on the short week, it same applies to these coaching, right? Like, this coaches like how Doug Peterson, I think is six and O straight up and against the spread on Thursdays. Like that's not a coincidence. Granted it was with the Philadelphia Eagles, but I think his his familiarity with with Thursday games is going to help his prep, whereas Robert Saleh kind of needs to dig into stuff a little bit more. And he's shown that he's, that he's not established. He doesn't have the game management stuff down to a T. So, like, for people like that or him in his situation, I think he needs more time to prep. I think the less time to prep hurts him, if that makes sense.
1: That, uh, well, thank you for saying that about my brain.
2: No, but like you I started my research, um, in the second half of the Sunday night football game last week, you started your research an hour and a half ago. ago. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, and I'm okay. Like that's just, that's how my brain, like I I was an honor roll student in high school. I had to study more than the other honor roll kids. And that's just kind of how it works for me. I don't, I did not study. Right. You know what I mean? And did you make honor roll? Yeah. All right. So, like, we both get that. Got there. I had to work a little harder. I, I and I have no shame about that. That's like I think that's kind of a, a one of my few uh, good character. I wasn't say flaws. Good character a- attributes, though. So, but I guess what I would say. Okay. So that's
1: fine. And that's a great. That's a great point. I like it a lot. And look at that. Your quick. Your your slow brain came up with that. Like in off the right away. <laughs> yeah. So maybe it's would... not. Maybe it's not as slow as you think. Mm. But I think that you're also kind of making the argument about sort of what makes that coach a good coach. So that's fine if your argument is that Peterson's going to be able to put together a quicker game plan because Salah takes longer. That's fine, but that, like just because extra prep with like a Harbaugh doesn't mean that he also could prep very quickly. Maybe that's what makes some of those guys. Like you know what I mean? Like it's not necessarily about every great coach's brain works fast. Maybe so. You know what? I, you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. To an extent. It's um,
1: fine if if you think that in this particular matchup, where like your your argument is that that's how Peterson works, and that that's how Sala works, so that's fine.
2: Um, and like all the most of the NFL sharps say, offense is more predictive than defense. Now the Jets' defense is sick, but I don't think they're going to shut out Jacksonville's offense. And I just if I were to if I were to play the other aspect of it, betting the Jets. I'm probably going to say this again somewhere else, but I have a, I have a lot of trouble getting to the window with Zach Wilson. I I just think that's ultimately a bad bet because over the last two years, his advanced metrics, his basic metrics are pretty much the worst in the league. Like he's he's been awful, but they're obviously the Jets got a huge edge in the uh, in the trenches and and they are the home team, so. Um, Let's move over to another game. And the Jets have Ooh, the I'm Jets sorry, have go been
1: good against the spread this season.
2: Absolutely. And I, I again the, the the biggest the biggest like red flag to me is like Jaguars have been taking sharp money the whole year, and now they're not. Now now it's the team playing them. It's like all right, cool, cool. That's that's.
1: Well, that's what I so for me. That's why I teased it. I teased it mostly because I just wanted to have action on it because I don't have anything else to do tonight. So I was like, well, I want to care about this game, but. I don't really have a great readout. Like, I think it's two mediocre teams that are fairly evenly matched. So, you know, perhaps I should have gone the other way like you did with the teaser and got Jacksonville plus seven, you know, over the plus seven number than the Jets the other way. But I, I do think the Jets are better. I hate to say it, but I do. Do you?
2: Do, what's your other teaser like?
1: Oh, dude, I did like a freaking ridiculous oh, okay, 6 legger.
2: Never mind. I was going to say, if you were, like, super confident in your next teaser, like – why not just tease the Jaguars up and then put that other leg in there so it's well, like actually, a middle spot? Like so what I
1: did was – 12 I'll tell points you, in the like, middle. So my five picks for this week, I made individual bets on each of my five picks. I also parlayed them for a much lower amount in case I go 5-0 and oh and have a huge hit there. Yeah. And then I also teased all five of them as well. So I took the team or the total that I was going to take – teased it up or down or whatever you know depending on the on the line and did like kind of like half of a unit bet on a five leg and then i threw in the jets because again like i said i was like well but so it ended up being a six legger
2: well it's christmas week we're partying effort right that's what i'm saying right like
1: i'm gonna get some money for christmas from the parents so (laughs) nice you're welcome DraftKings. you got my
2: parents money (laughs) all right uh, let's go over to a game. Neither one of us have action on at the moment, but it's it's a game you were really excited to talk about. It's the Detroit Lions visiting the the Carolina Panthers. The Lions are only two and a half point favorites, which is raise your spidey sense. Total is at forty four. What do you what do you got on this game?
1: It's just such a weird line. Like the 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 Lions are like the NFL darlings right now, right? Like every like oh my god, the Lions are. Seven and seven in week fourteen. They haven't been over five hundred in years. Like they haven't made the playoffs. This is a like Dan Campbell. Jared Goff is playing great. Two and a half point favorites over the Carolina Panthers. It just feels wrong, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, it feels like it should be a bigger bigger number. But I think
1: at least over at least over a field goal. Like under a field goal is you know about a pick basically i mean for the most part it's it's pretty it's closer to pick them than it is you know taking points <sighs> i don't know it just it feels odd to me that the panthers who like i is it well we do have the sam darnold um factor <laughs> which i know you want to use your famous line like i'm not going to the window with sam Darnold.
2: <laughs> i can't i That's mean how much saying, though, you like, disagree with that logic
1: I don't, and that's that's the thing. Like, all, everything says the Lions should be favored solidly in this game, um, given that the Panthers aren't playing. I, I guess actually, technically, the Panthers are playing for a division title, so that helps. For sure, um, but I mean, the Panthers have been like one of the worst teams in the NFL this season. Even their wins recently have been against Seattle, who's kind of becoming who we thought they would be uh denver who's terrible atlanta who's pretty terrible bench their quarterback they lost to pittsburgh who stinks like i don't know man like it's just it's 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 a weird it's a weird line especially considering like the lions have at least beaten some solid teams and i don't really think the panthers have i mean home field like i can't imagine carolina's home field is that big of a deal it feels like a trap line where they want you to take the Lions minus two and a half. Like, come on. The Lions aren't going to lose to the Panthers, right? Which makes me nervous, which makes me think, like, why? Maybe they are. Maybe they are. Like, <laughs> what, what does Vegas know, right? Like, what do they know?
2: Okay, so according to VEASAN at DraftKings, the bets are split 50-50. That's wild, too. Why? Um, and 88% of the money is on the Lions. No, excuse me. Eighty-eight percent of the bets are on the Lions. Fifty percent of the money, are, there we uh, They're go. split 50-50 on the money. Right. So of
1: course, because the public's going to be all over the Lions here. Right. You would think. Like right. you look at that two and a half, and I can tell you, if I when I see a two, uh, like anything below three, I'm kind of treating it like a pickup. Like if I think that team's going to win the game, I'm happy to lay two, two and a half. Like it's once you get to three is where you have to think like, okay, could it be whatever? So to me, this is. In, and, again, I'm thinking about, like, Public Joe's mind. This is basically, are the Lions going to beat the Panthers? Which I would think most people will say, yeah, of course they're going to beat the Panthers. And to your point, 88%, like, what is it, 88%, like, that is a, that's one of the highest splits I've seen this year. 88% of the bets down to 50% of the money?
2: Uh, Yeah, yeah, it's super lopsided. And the Money lines, 87% of the bets, 74% of the money on the Lions. So, the Public and i don't think i don't really think the 74% really represents sharp money but but everyone's betting the lines to your point and i, I, I you kind of made a a point that or said something that that i think is actually huge towards the panthers and they are playing for the division 100%. what are they, they're one loss behind the 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 Buccaneers.
1: Yeah, they're a game back of the Bucks.
2: Did they split the season series? Or the Panthers are currently they up one nothing, to, right? They
1: still have to play the Bucks next week, which also makes this a little bit of a look ahead.
2: For sure, but I mean, there's no such thing. That- yeah, when you're five and nine and still playing well, for the division, yeah, yeah. you're not really looking where- ahead.
1: This is where we got into a little bit of an argument this week about look ahead games where my argument was there are no look ahead games at this point in the season just because uh, depending on your positioning which is that the Panthers can't look ahead like they have to try to win out like they every game is important but they have they have to play the Bucks still and that's obviously you know if yeah. they beat the Bucks earlier this season too so if they win out they win the division like they control their own destiny the Bucks couldn't possibly catch them if they won out.
2: And for, I mean, like on top of that, you have an interim head coach who's like, if I win the division, maybe I can keep a job. You have Sam Darnold, who's essentially it's like, all right, if this doesn't work, CFL, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Arena Football League. I, I don't know. Or uh, Chase Daniel status, where you're just a lifelong backup, which isn't, we can make isn't the, same- the worst. We- we can make the
1: same argument on the other side. Like Jared Goff was kind of playing for his career a little bit this year. There were rumblings early this season, even that they might need to move on from Goff moving forward. Like this, this season arguably saved his starting spot in the NFL. Like I think he probably is relegated to backup duties in the NFL had he struggled again yeah. this season. And that that doesn't go away. Like you know he's they're playing for the playoffs for the first time in ever. Dan Campbell, I don't think there's ever going to come a time where they're looking ahead of any opponent. They have to win every game. They're in like, you know, they're one game. Actually they're half game out of a playoff spot, but they're also battling with like four teams for two spots. So it actually should be a really good football game, which is kind of wild to, to think that the, this uh, Panthers lions game on Christmas Eve was going to matter. And I guess that's probably what Vegas is saying. Like, look, man, both these teams got a shot. They both are kind of crappy in some areas, you know, maybe some advantages here and there, depending. It's going to be a close game.
2: Yeah. um, Yeah, I actually thought maybe I might do a teaser with the Jaguars up and then the Panthers up, and I might even try to go for a middle since obviously the Jaguars-Jets play tonight. The money line, if you're betting the Lions here, just take the money line right now. They're minus two and a half, minus one fifteen. Their money lines minus thir- one thirty-five. So it's twenty cents more on the dollar to just take them to win. I would not fuss with those points. If you're confident enough to bet the Lions, just lay the money line. Do not, do not lay the points. As would be my recommendation. But I might try to take like a little middle. Get the Panthers up to eight and a half. And um, take the Lions to win outright because I I do think it's going to be a close game. And last point about this game that I think that I have... why not
1: save your why not save yourself some juice and just tease both of them up five points to seven and a half each. Do you um, have to do a six point teaser?
2: Yeah, yeah. My my situation, my betting situation. I yeah okay.
1: <laughs> um that's what I love about DraftKings, though, because what I'll often do is, like, it's not a traditional teaser. It's, like, you just bet the alt line, and then you can parlay alt line. So, like, you can kind of, quote-unquote, tease the yeah. game any way you – and I usually just try to – that's usually what I do is try to get over those key numbers.
2: So, my – my one of my best friends from New York, um, he's been doing this for a couple years now, and I was just, like, he'll keep telling me these plays. And it's, like, dude, my brain can't even work like that because it's not even an option. Like, I can't – I can't – I can't – mess with the lines as much as a DraftKings, fan duel points bet all these legal sports books in, in the u.s so which gives you an idea of how i bet um but a point well, that you may you know, live in
1: a state that for some reason continues to vote against
2: it for some reason i met those voters i'm friends with those voters god damn it we almost got to get Steve. it like
1: I thought all the, like, California liberals are all about freedom and, you know, your body, your choice, your money, your choice. Like, why can't you bet?
2: Because they're full of shit liberals. That's why. Like, smoke,
1: you can spend all the money you want on weed. They want to give out, like, free heroin needles to heroin addicts, but you can't can't gamble?
2: No, it's ridiculous because it could ruin people's lives, but hey. Oh, yeah, because heroin's great for you. Hey, go to San Francisco where they just pass out heroin. No, I'm with you, dude. Uh, it sucks, but what, what can I do? I, I love the, the California I know, weather and stuff.
1: What's really funny is that we're like a half hour into this, and I don't think we've given out like a so, one solid pick. you yeah. have given out one. We we got one teaser leg
2: on the, on the board. When you said you wanted to talk about the Lions-Panthers, I was like, oh, no. But then you're like, hey, let's start a half an hour early. I was like, all right, cool. We can do that. We Because <laughs> this is going to definitely <laughs> we're gonna go need long. It. Yeah. yeah. We're yeah, going to yeah. need it. Uh no last point that's something you brought up to me via Slack and didn't mention when we're just, as we're talking about the Lions Panthers Jared Goff outdoors that's a huge right. problem and typically Carolina is warmer in in, in these months right but with this uh, bomb slide cone or whatever like these crazy winter conditions which has put most of these totals it super low. I think it's going to be in the 20s in Carolina. So it's like it's essentially it's a winter outdoor game for for Jared Goff and he sucks outdoors. He sucks on the road.
1: Yeah, the both high, this right,
2: year and historically
1: the high in Carolina for Saturdays, the high is 31. So it's going to be below freezing for but sure. But we're going to talk about we're going to talk about this a little later about how the cold doesn't actually affect you as much. Looks like the winds are going to be around 10. So that's not terrible. But still, Goff typically struggles more outdoors than he does indoors period
2: well generally the cold doesn't hurt you but specifically it hurts jared cough
0: right (laughs) you know so uh. what's up everyone it's nick Wright, and i got something exciting to talk to you about today angie your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well now angie isn't just your average home services marketplace Or download the app today. To discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Um. All right. Cool. Let's 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 get into some games that we do have picks, and I, I do
2: like the Jaguars officially. So, but we're gonna talk about the Cincinnati Bengals um, playing the New England Patriots. Uh, I have a bet in this game. I gave it out on Outkick, but I'm I'm taking the points or I'm laying the points. Excuse me, with the Bengals right now, it's minus three. Juice is minus one fifteen. Um, Bengals are nineteen and three against the number in their last twenty two games. They keep cashing money for backers. New England, we kind of know what they are. They're they beat up on limited teams and they suck against good teams. And what was the number you said? I have minus three on DraftKings, minus 115.
1: At minus 115. Okay. Right now, the official line is minus three and a half at even money or plus three and a half Patriots, minus 125. So it's kind of bouncing between the three, three and a half, but the juice is kind of keeping it. That's interesting. Because we talked, you talked earlier in the week about the line movement here, and it does seem to continue to bounce between that three, three and a half number.
2: Yeah, just to make it easy for everyone, I'd play it up to Bengals minus four. I mean, I I'm pretty happy like I can't I can't waffle between a half point here or there. I'm I'm very convinced that Cincinnati's the right side here, so I'll just play it and I'll just give it out as up to minus four. Well that's four.
1: nice though, because uh if you take it minus three and a half, you get a
2: dollar per dollar. Yeah. Um I would i I'd rather play minus one twenty minus three. Really? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I mean, especially in the cold weather climate. And you can make an obvious argument for Patriots in a bounce back spot. Patriots, you know, uh, need this game like blood, stuff like that. Things that you're not going to hear me in my handicap because I'm making the pro Bengals side. But, like, I can certainly listen to a pro-Patriots side. And if you don't, it would have cost you a lot of money over the last 20 years. So, um, but. But going back to the Patriots beating up on on bad teams and sucking against good teams, you know, when their defense shows up, they allow 20 points or less. They're 7-0 and 0 straight up, 7-0 and 0 against the spread. When they allow 20 points or more, they're 0-7 straight up, 1-6 and 6 against the spread. Mac Jones was epically bad last week, and he's epically bad this week. He completed 13 of 31 passes, 112 yards at a 12.2 QBR against the Raiders, and the Raiders – are a bottom five pass defense in the league. He had a minus nineteen percent completion over expectation, which is behind only um Cardinals third string quarterback, Trace McSorley. He's two and four in December games, so you know, when when the games become more meaningful and and um the, the I think the numbers become sharper. Uh, obviously, you got the winter conditions. It's only since the la- beginning of last year, right, or since last season, since this is the second year, but two and four straight up. Cincinnati's defense actually getting healthier. Trey Hendrickson is going to play with a broken wrist. He missed one game. Mike Hilton is supposed to be back in the lineup. He missed one game. Um, another starting quarterback cornerback for Cincinnati, um, I think his name's Britt Alexander or Britt Johnson. Either way, they're getting healthier in the secondary. Cincinnati's better in high leverage situations, fourth in both third down conversion and red zone scoring rates. And that's typically something New England does really well with because of obviously Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. But this year they're 29th in third down conversion rate and 32nd in red zone scoring. I would say a lot of that is because of Mac Jones, right? And we already talked about how, how terrible he was. So I just. Maybe it's overly simple. Obviously sharp money's coming in on, on, on New England, but I I I can't reverse line I can't reverse engineer the line movement. So I'm just gonna lay it with the Bengals and hope they come through for me. What are your what are your thoughts on this game?
1: Yeah, the Bengals are the better team, obviously. Um you know, Sam Hubbard's not gonna play, so you know, he conveniently left that out of your They're getting healthier uh handicap, but I'm all right with it.
2: Um Yeah.
1: Yeah, I just I couldn't get in on either side here. I would I would lean Bengals as well, but I don't know. Something about laying three on the road at New England in a tough weather spot. because um, I think bad weather, if it's if it gets windy or snows, uh does favor the Patriots. I think they'll run a similar game plan to the one they did in that crazy win game against the Bills when they won the game 14 10 with Mac Jones throwing three passes. Um if this becomes just a have to run the ball type spot. Uh, I think that favors the Patriots. So I would worry about that. If the weather and the wind stays calm, I think that the Burrow will have no problem. So I'm just a little wary about the weather and how it's going to shake out. And because I do think if if there is a, if it's a tough weather game, I think that favors the Patriots a little bit.
2: That, that's a fair rebuttal. Um, I, I did leave out Sam Hubbard. And I, I actually really like Sam Hubbard. He's a good player, but Trey, Trey Hendrickson coming back. And plus... Uh, d j reader being back um he's been back for a few games but Cincinnati's run defense is pretty good without d j reader and with d j reader it's it's close to elite so um but but you're right if it turns into two teams just running it all the time you definitely want the points with the home team in that situation so I hear you there um but like burrow and his epicness like I think he'll make a couple plays with his arm and I just don't really believe Mac Jones will I I, I'm willing to concede maybe Bill Belichick does one of those goofy screens that catches Cincy off guard and a couple of those is good enough to to cover so it's not like you know there is still buyer beware sharp money coming in on the Patriots Patriots and it'll be interesting
1: yeah it'll be interesting to see how they respond to what was one of the worst losses you could ever imagine in an NFL game.
2: Yeah, that is that is another another angle to this is the fact that I do think given their now they're not eliminated from the playoffs, but that what if
1: first first play they run a reverse to Jacoby Myers who turns and throws it back like just that would be the greatest most epic troll job of bill belichick's career if first play they ran like a reverse where jacoby myers throws it backwards across the field to mac jones who then throws a pass
2: it would be very interesting if what Matt are the Patric- chances Matt of Patricia doing did that? that um i hope really high that would be amazing <laughs> it really would be the greatest thing ever. Would. i can't I don't know what that does to the. I don't. I don't know, man. I don't. I don't know. I, I don't have much to say about that one. I the 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 idea that I had in my head was like, I think the chickens are kind of coming home to roost on Bill Belichick and and his off season de- decision making. Like he kind of just like, he just kind of said f you to norms. It's like nah, like Matt Patricia's fine, Joe Judge is fine. I don't need an offensive assistant. It's kind of like. Yeah, you do yeah, you do, bro. You kinda you kinda do need that. Like you have Mac Jones yelling at Matt Patricia, and I, I think all of this is kinda summed up with they beat bad teams and they, they, they lose to good teams. So um but yeah, that's my first best bet. Definitely gonna put it in the contest. Uh let's go off to your next um your next bet in the New York Giants at the Minnesota Vikings, which I almost got to the window with with the Giants, but I couldn't. What what do you like in this one?
1: Again, we're 45 minutes in. This is actually not my next bet. It's my first bet. Uh, Sorry.
2: Yeah, so
1: I'm going over 48 um, with the Vikings and Giants here. I have been, like, on – I don't know. It's one of those weird things where I got absolutely demoralized by my Vikings – under pick on Thanksgiving against the Patriots. Uh, I was 2-0 going into that game, and I took the under Patriots-Vikings, and there were, like, 40 points scored in the first half. Actually, I texted you, like, two drives into it because both teams traded touchdowns, like, in the first five minutes, and I was like, this game's not going under. and It wasn't one of, even one of my, like, reverse psychology, maybe. I was like, there's just no way. Like, you could tell by the way it was being played. And my thought ultimately after that was, like, I think the Vikings are just an over team. The Way they play, and literally since that game, they've done nothing but go over and, and go over by a lot, by the way. Um, so I've been trying to figure out like what they are, and I, I, I do think they're an over team, like they make big plays, both positively and negatively. Uh, they don't really play much defense. I think people think of Minnesota and they think of like a good defense, and then they go, Kirk Cousins, like that's not an offense you want to be backing for points, but. Cousins is pretty competent based on the fact that he helped erase a 33-point deficit in one half against an above-average defense. Um, and the Vikings' defense is very much below average. In fact, uh, Warren Sharp, I know one somebody you respect greatly in this business, um, put out on Twitter, both defenses have struggled since Week 10. The percentage of scoring drives against minnesota is 53 percent of opponents drives have ended in points which is the worst in the nfl and the giants are at 42 percent which is the eighth worst in the nfl uh, over the past five weeks the giants have allowed 31 points to detroit 28 points to dallas and 48 points to philadelphia the only team they were able to stop was washington um but minnesota's offense is far superior and we're getting daniel jones in a dome here like this is kind of the jared goff conversation we just had like if you're a bad quarterback who doesn't have a great arm. Like you want to play in perfect conditions. And Jones doesn't have a ton of dome experience in his career since he plays his home games outdoors and two of the three teams in his division are outdoor teams. But in limited action, he has been very good. His passer rating is 15%, 15 points higher indoors than outdoors. And he completes 67 and a half percent of his dome passes versus 63 and a half percent of outdoor passes. Um, Minnesota's a heavy over team this season, nine and five, to the over, which is tied for the highest percentage in the league, and even more so as a home favorite, they're six and one to the over in uh, seven tries as a home favorite. Each of their past four games has gone over the total by an average of 14 points per game. So to me, I think this line should actually be in the 50s, probably low 50s, 51, 52. I was surprised to see it under 50, which is what drew me to it. So um, yeah, I like I like this total up to even up. I don't think it's going to move much, but I, I would like it up to 50.
2: Um the Vikings have given up since week ten, the Vikings have given up the most yards per play and the Giants have given up the fifth most yards per play. So they're allowing teams to move the ball on them. Um Washington moved the ball decently, but Kayvon Thibodeau it looked like Lawrence Taylor out there and
1: and they had two trips inside the Giants' 10 that led to zero points. So, yes. you know, even even that was a little bit – I think that, that again, indoors with the red zone options that the Vikings have with Hawkinson, Jefferson, and Cook, um, they're much more inclined to be able to put the ball in the end zone. Uh, so, I again, I just think the Vikings are – at this point, like I look at them, the way they've been playing, and it's not even just about the scores. Like I've been watching their games, and they – They play quick. They have big plays on offense, and they allow big plays on defense. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's that simple. And I think this line is depressed by the fact that the Giants are more of an under team, but the Giants also kind of allow their opponents to dictate the game, and I think that this will be played much more in the style of a Vikings game.
2: Vikings are third in seconds per play. So in pace, they are third. You're instincts or analysis I was right on about that one.
1: I didn't even look that up. I just know from watching them that they move quickly.
2: Yeah, you just got the feel for it.
1: I'm assuming the Giants are much slower.
2: They're they're around league average. Um, they're 15th in seconds per play, 20th in neutral situation seconds per play. But well, I
1: also think the Vikings are going to win this game, which is good too, because I, the Vikings don't necessarily slow down when they're ahead um but the giants will have to speed up.
2: Yeah, and um as a giants fan, I, I kind I do agree with your analysis that they play to the other teams tempo in a lot of ways. So, I agree there. Um DraftKings is reporting that f- like 53% of the money is on the over. Um uh, or no, 53% of the bets is on the over, but 75% of the money is on the over. So, I think the public, at least according to these splits, the public is feeling kind of like how you said, like, you know, uh, Giants offense isn't consistent.
1: Well do you think Kirk Cousins versus Daniel Jones and you go under? Right. Right. Like, right. The,
2: Giants are an under pub- team.
1: Public is is very um you know, they're not gonna make complex analysis. They look at two quarterbacks again, Kirk Cousins versus Daniel Jones, and you just think, like, these are not elite quarterbacks, these are not elite offenses, but the Vikings offense has been quite good. And actually, the Giants offense, believe it or not, in EPA per play is above average.
2: No, yeah. And the thing is, like, the big difference, or what Brian Dable has brought to the team, to the Giants, is their ability to kind of win in those high leverage situations. He's pulled some, like... Gadget plays, trick plays out of his ass in the red zone. The Giants, I'm looking at it right now, are eighth in red zone scoring. And you'll see like tight end end arounds, <laughs> like these these naked bootlegs. these the, he'll do whatever he needs to. He'll All risk. The stuff Dan Josh Jones. Allen is missing. He'll, yeah, exactly. He'll he has no problem risking Dan Jones's body <laughs> for for a touchdown. No, and, would you? No, and and. <laughs> to Dan Jones's credit, as a Giants fan, this is what makes me excited about him. He's he's down. Da- he he's I don't down know. there. what, what is the, what is this Dan Jones? It's Daniel Jones. I don't know. It's just easy. It just I've flew. never just... heard him called Dan Jones. Well, I know him, man. You know, really I'm a Gi- weird, actually. I, I know him, and he's Dan to me. All right, oh, just you like guys you. Are buddies? Just like you. He's Dan. Is that. How he's in your phone? You want me to call you Daniel? No, no, we're friends. Just like me and well, Dan. I Jones. go
1: by Dan, but I go by Dan. He goes by Daniel. I worked with a guy at ESPN. His name was Daniel Dopp. He goes by Daniel.
2: Is he the fantasy guy? He is, yeah. I had an interview with him. We got to talk about that guy. Um, he's a cool dude. Eh. <laughs> no, yeah, he was cool. No, he was cool. <laughs> he's a good
1: dude. Come on. Yeah, he, yeah he's, he's in. Yeah, i am mean, actually still in an ESPN bowling league, and he's in it. Him <laughs> and a, a few of the fantasy guys, actually.
2: Nice. I, know his, I noticed his hair has grown a lot longer since I last saw him.
1: <laughs> oh, that beard, man. It's epic. All right, oh so yeah. To,
2: uh, Anyhow, yeah, any yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You can just watch like NFL the, fantasy uh, live in I do I know what you're talking <laughs> about.
1: Giants Vikings over 48 is my first play.
2: Oh, so yeah. Last thing about about the red zone scoring. Um, we know teams can move the ball against the Vikings, right? They're giving up the most yards per play in the red zone, and 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 or excuse me, the most yards per play since Week 10, and and the Giants are going to be able to capitalize on red zone opportunities if they're given them. So. I like your look uh, for the over. And I think given the weather situation, a lot of people are going to be looking to bet unders. But there's going to be a few games that kind of blow up here, and this could be one of them.
1: Well, I'm just going to – I mean, I know you have a rundown, but this just leads perfectly into my next play, so I might as well just knock it out, which is – that's exactly my analysis for Kansas City-Seattle. I was floored to see Kansas City-Seattle under 50 points. This is a game that should be 55. Um, You're talking about two teams that have below-average defenses. The Seattle defense is worse than below-average. It's absolutely atrocious. The Chiefs have—
2: Do you think Travis Kelsey will do anything in this game? (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, I— it's just, this is, I think this is your most profitable angle. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't, you know, it's
1: funny. I, I posted my pick. I might add, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to add it officially. Yeah. I'm Travis Kelsey my...
2: over plus 170 receiving yards or <laughs> over 170 <laughs> that, receiving yards plus 200. I think it's,
1: I think it's 74 and a half actually because I did look it up.
2: Um, but yeah, I actually, if you could get one like plus 150, like, or 150 uh, receiving yards, what's got to be the minimum payout for you to do it? Because I think he's going to tear this defense up. 150 is a lot. Sure. 150 is a lot. I don't I know, would I'm have putting to you on get... the spot. I'm, I'm kind of detouring. I'm sorry. Go back to your analysis. Your well, Dominican. no, but I,
1: I, it actually does bleed in. So DraftKings has started offering these things called uh, Same Game Parlay X. Are you familiar with these? No. Nah.
2: You know, same, you know what a same you know
1: what you know what a same game parlay is obviously. Yep. So basically a same an SGPX allows you to combine a same game parlay with another bet or multiple bets or whatever you want. And they're trying to get people to do them so they offer these bonuses. So they gave me 25% profit bonus on any same game parlay X. So one one that I did lay this week was um, Chiefs over which is the official play I'm making Kelsey over his receiving total. There's your same game parlay. And then I parlayed that with the, uh, with the Vikings giants over uh, as, as like one bet and got it at like, I don't know what was it, it was like plus 400 or something, um, which I think is great odds on, on, on that play, maybe plus 500. I don't know, I have to look, but he, anyway, so the point I was going to make though is, is exactly what you were saying. Like, This total should be any other. If this game was being played in a dome, I have no doubt it would be 55. Like you're talking about, not only is the Chiefs' offense above that, it's godly. It's the best in the league by far. Um, Seattle's offense has also been very good this year, and their defense is terrible. Like you said, Kelsey's going to tear this up. Mahomes is going to tear this up. Um, Seahawks have a top 10 offense, bottom five defense. The only reason this line is low is because of weather. Like that, it's the only argument you can make for why this is five six six possibly seven points lower than it should be um, and I think there's just too much being made out of the weather totals across the league have been depressed I wrote an article for outkick about how seven of the games this week have totals under 40 points including a potential historic low in the Brown Saints game which right now is 32 and a half um, but cold weather doesn't necessarily mean low scoring but people think it does which actually creates value on the over Uh, You sent me this stat uh, earlier this week. Per AccuWeather, since 2005, games with temperatures of 20 degrees or lower are 25 and 22 over-under. Like it's not – it's a slightly favoring the over, but it basically means that the weather doesn't affect it as much as you think it does. The biggest factor affecting totals is wind. Precipitation is next with rain being a little bit more um, detrimental than, than snow, believe it or not. Um, the current forecast for Saturday in Kansas City is sunny and cold with a high of 15, wind 7 to 11 miles an hour, gust as high as 20. Like 7 to 10 mile an hour wind is not that much. It's not going to affect the game that much. I think that's a pretty wild, uh, pretty mild forecast. Um, both of these teams lead towards the over. Seattle plays. Plus 5.3 points per game to the over, which is the highest in the NFL. Kansas City's at plus 2.9, which is fifth highest in the NFL. Normally, I take more unders than overs, as you know. I've given out a lot of unders on this podcast because generally numbers are inflated towards the over. The public likes to bet the over. I've said it a million times. But when weather is a factor, the public jumps on the under. They think they're getting an advantage because it's cold, but the real advantage goes in, in being against that perception. If this game are being played indoors, I think we're looking at a mid-50s total. Huge value with the number under 50. Grab it.
2: Um, What's the official number here on DraftKings? Hold on. I'll pull it up right now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It is. No,
1: I had it at four. I got it at 49. I think it might still be at 49. Why can't I find
2: it? Uh, it is at 49. So uh, Pinnacle, which is a super sharp sports book. They booked the largest bets uh in the world they have the heavier juice significantly on the over here so the over seems to be the sharp side at pinnacle In fact the over is minus 113 and the under 49 is even money um on pregame.com which pulls the consensus market report um the over is at 87% of the money the tickets is 5941 um in, in DraftKings, it's fifty-seven towards the over on the tickets, and fifty-four towards the under or on the over towards the the, the handle. So, I would say pretty. To me, it's
1: fascinating that Chiefs, Seahawks. Again, this is this is a like you said, the bets are still favoring the over slightly, but this is one I would expect to see heavy, like heavy tickets on the over. People should see Mahomes, Chiefs. Seahawks who've been putting up points all year, and they should be hammering the over. The fact that they're not tells me everything I need to know.
2: Yeah, and I think, like, people slowly got there on Geno Smith, but now he's starting to regress a little bit. But, like, they slow slowly got there on Geno Smith in the sense that it's, like, it took a little while, but, like, everyone started to notice, oh, man, this guy's having a sixth season. Um, they got crushed last week by – the 49ers defense, which is the best in the league, but their prior games were they put up twenty-four against Panthers, 27 against the Rams, 34 against the the Raiders. Um a couple weeks prior, they put up sixteen against the Bucks, so that sucks. But thirty one that was in Germany. Thirty-one against the Cardinals, twenty-seven against the Giants, thirty-seven against the Chargers. So and I And look think... at
1: the points they've look at the points they've allowed. They let Carolina score thirty, let the Rams score twenty-three they let the Raiders score 40 like they don't play defense and they can score and they're going to have to score to keep up with Kansas City.
2: You know, it's kind of crazy. They've uh, scored 30, 355 points this year and they have allowed 355 points this year. They are 29th in defensive scoring and seventh in offensive scoring. So
1: I don't I don't like that, that Tyler Lockett's not going to play because that is sort of like their deep threat. Um, I don't think it's a big deal for the over if Ken Walker doesn't play. If if anything, I think that actually helps our case because they'll be less inclined to try to run the
2: ball. I I agree with that analysis, actually. Uh, All right, dude. Good stuff. Uh, We'll talk about my next best bet, which is in the uh, Bills-Chicago Bears game. I'm going to take the points with the Bears. Right now, they are plus 8. It keeps going from like 8.5 to 8. I'd actually play it down to plus 7.5. Um, you actually made a point earlier. I'm going to talk about the the handicapping angle that I omitted from my analysis in this game. I don't know if you read my OutKick um, um, written post. Or... I read everything you write, bro. Okay, cool. Thanks. Um, but you made a good point about, about the uh, situational analysis that I had that I ended up omitting, which is like it's a sandwich game for the Bills. Uh, they just played the Jets or they just played the Dolphins. Uh, They play next week against the Bengals on prime time. So maybe they're, you know, they're not taking this bears game that seriously. And you made the point where it's like, well, no, they need this game like blood for the, the, the buy in the divisional round or in the, the playoffs, which I thought was a good point. And you can kind of go any which way on the motivational uh, stuff. So that's something that I omitted out of there. But if you believe in that, I do think it is a sandwich spot, but, to your point, who knows that that kind of stuff? Um, I was listening. I just to, think
1: the I just think the buy is so important now, since especially since there's only one.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, that's why I ended up omitting it, but I, I just thought it was an interesting point and something that I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I don't know, wary about throwing out there in my analysis because I think you can argue any which way a lot of times on on motivation, um, but. Fair enough. Anyways, so I listened to the pregame.com NFL sports betting podcast. They do a really good job over there, and they gave out a trend. Um, Buffalo, after their home games versus Miami, are 4 27 against the spread over the last, I guess, 31 years with a minus 9.9 ETS margin. Like that, what? what's that's close to a 90% loss rate I guess ATS loss rate which is a crazy crazy trend that you can almost like if you just blindly bet you'd be up I don't know how many units close to 21 units there Um, I also believe Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears are going to be able to run against this Buffalo Bills defense the Buffalo Bills defense hates um not playing in nickel. I I have a few Buffalo Bills fans in my life. I'm I'm sure you do too as well. I mean, they're kind of um their their fan base is really growing, but like my my buddy made it a point that the Taron Johnson, their cornerback plays 95% of the snaps. Like the Miami Dolphins ran the ball at them and the Buffalo Bills were just like, yeah, go ahead, take the run. We're not leaving nickel. We are not going to leave it. And I'm sure they probably leave nickel here because why is anyone tripping about the Chicago bears aerial attack? It's pretty much non-existent, but Justin Fields ran all over a bill Belichick defense. I think if he can run on a bill Belichick defense, He's going to be able to run on a Buffalo Bills defense, which has the worst tackling grade in the league, according to PFF, and is tied from the most missed tackles. Chicago is first in broken tackles, third in yards after um, contact, and fourth in yards before contact. Their offensive line has actually been really good, both in pass protection and run blocking. Also, another trend that I really like, road favorites this year of eight or more. Are zero and eight against the spread, and they're minus nine point nine ATS uh, differential. Um, they're only five and three straight up with a plus one point one straight up margin. So these these big time road favorites are playing in tight games against these these big home dogs. Um, also, Chicago's offense. Be- before Justin Field sustained his shoulder injury, was able to keep up with opponents. I think they've went over seven out of the last eight games. The last couple of games have been due to the opposing offenses more so than their offense, but I think because of Buffalo's inability to tackle and their, kind, their softness, which is more of a personal opinion, I think Chicago's going to be able to move the ball and at least – to an extent dictate the or help dictate the pace of this game. Also, Buffalo, they score eight fewer points per game on the road, and they're 0-7 to the under on the road with a minus nine um over under margin. So if this game plays under, I gotta take eight and a half points with the home dog, especially in an obvious strength versus weakness matchup here with Chicago's ground game versus Buffalo's running defense. So uh that's probably my my favorite pick on the board here, but I like the Bears plus eight or eight and a half. What do you think? Good to go. <laughs> I don't have anything on this game. Fair enough. Well, I kind of redid the order of stuff on the fly, so I'm just going down my sheet here. We'll talk about another bet that I have. I'm going with the Tennessee Titans, minus three, um, hosting the Houston Texans. Uh, This game opened with, I think, Tennessee favored seven. It's down to minus three, minus 120 at DraftKings because the Titans are significantly banged up. It's pretty crazy, the injuries they have. Ryan Tannehill... I think it's kind of quiet, but quietly was announced out for the rest of the season. Um, So they're going to Malik Willis, who just has looked terrible. Um, But he did beat the Houston Texans earlier this year. Granted, he didn't do much. He didn't have to do much, though, because the Houston Texans, and obviously, more specifically, Derek Henry, are able to just destroy the Houston's, uh, trample the Houston's rush defense. Derrick Henry in his last five games against Houston is averaging 30 carries for 223 rushing yards and at least two touchdowns in each of those games. He's crushing them. Tennessee has one of the best rushing defenses in the league. Um, And Damian Pierce, the the really good rookie running back for the Houston Texans, has been sidelined with injury and will be out this game. Um, Houston's rushing defense, again, is one of the worst in the league. And to me, it's a it's a it's a buy low spot for Tennessee and a sell high spot for for Houston. Houston just covered against two very good teams. Well, one pretty good team and in Kansas City, who's probably gonna be in the, the Super Bowl mix or would be one of the, the definite contenders to make the Super Bowl. They lost to Dallas two weeks ago, twenty-seven-twenty-three in a game that they probably should have won, and then they lost to Kansas City. 30-24 to 24 in overtime, in a game they had really no business being in. Um, they got outgained in that game, 6.6 to 3.8 yards per play. But Kansas City tried to give them the game, and Houston's like, no, 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 no we're good. Here, no, take the game back. And same thing kind of happened in Dallas. So it's not like Houston's playing better. Just Dallas and Kansas City made a bunch of mistakes and kept Houston in those games. Um, and this is... An obvious back-against-the-wall situation. Again, Tennessee's 0-4 straight up. They're 0-3-1 against the number in the last four. I think Mike Vrabel is going to have his guys ready to go, and I think they're going to do enough to cover the number. And they already beat, again, Houston 17-13 earlier this year with Malik Willis starting. The injuries are concerning, but this number has just gotten to a point where it's like, I, fuck it, if I'm a sucker, I'll be a sucker here. I'll go down with Vrabel in this spot because they need this game. And... Houston, based on everything they've shown, doesn't look like they really want to win. <laughs> it looks like they're trying to lose. So that's where I'm at here. What's your pushback on this game?
1: I don't have any. Um, this was a game I was looking at as well because same thing. I think Houston um, sort of fade recency, right? Uh, Tennessee has been kind of fading into the abyss. Um, but – they kind of have to stop. Like, there was a point where it almost felt like they went on cruise control because, like, the division was theirs. Jacksonville was terrible. Houston is terrible. The Colts are terrible. And, you know, Tennessee was sitting there at 7-3. and three. Well, they've lost four straight, and they kind of need to start winning football games to win the division, which they might not do, which would be great because I'd love to see Jacksonville. Uh, but this feels like a good spot for them. They're better than Houston, even without Ryan Tannehill. So, yeah, I I, I like it. I just – I don't know. Something about – something about how hard Houston's been playing just kind of makes me wary of laying a full field goal. But I don't know. It seems like a pretty low line. So it's another one where I feel like I'm being baited into it. Because they're essentially saying like Malik Willis-Titans, you know, with the, take out the home field advantage. You're looking at about a point and a half difference between these two teams, which feels wrong. Feels like it should be a, a bigger bigger chasm than that.
2: Feels wrong. Houston, by all metrics – including straight up record are the worst yeah. team in the NFL. Yeah, so yeah. so this line is essentially saying the current Titans are the second worst team in the NFL. Yeah, it's like kinda. it's like all right, I'll bet against that. I have to, right? Like you look at some of the other teams, they're on like like Cardinals are on their third quarterback. Carolina is on their third quarterback. Uh the Rams are on their third quarterback. Like several teams are on their third quarterback and it's like are they really better than the Titans like the market is saying. I I can't say. I can't agree with that.
1: Yeah. I I I don't hate it. I it's not a play for me, but it was one that I looked at, so I'm not surprised to see you on that side. All
2: right. Well, next game here the Saturday night primetime game, uh the Las Vegas Raiders visiting the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers are currently Two and a half point favorites, minus one ten each way, minus one thirty five money line. Steelers plus one fifteen for the Raiders. We're oppo on this one. I've talked a lot here in back to back games that we've discussed, so I'll let you give your side first, and well, we'll go back and forth. But what are your what stands out to you for this game?
1: Yeah, I'm not surprised we're on opposite sides here. I'm, I, I actually you you say all- it like that
2: cuz you you're you're 70%. You're like, "Yeah, I I I, I figured you'd be on the side like, are you calling you know, me a sucker is that what you're I'm, saying?"
1: No, I'm actually not, but we've done 8 of these podcasts and you like the Steelers quite a bit more than I do. That's and right. so with yeah. this with this number, I'm not surprised. Like that's kind of what I thought cuz you said where you have one different pick and I was like, "I bet it's this one." Cuz I know you like the Steelers more than I do. So that's, that's that's up. it had had much less to do with, with anything other than that fact. Um, Plus you've been burned by the Raiders several times. So I also figured you would not be on their side um, in this one.
2: Two of them. I bet. I mean, these were my most profitable teams last year. I loved betting on these teams. So to your point, yeah, I do. I do like betting on the Steelers. So, I mean, look, this is a
1: terrifying bet. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, the Raiders are became the first team in the NFL in NFL history to blow four double-digit leads in the second half of games in one season, and it should have been five. They should have lost last week, which would have been five. Again, no team had ever blown four second-half leads. The Raiders were a controversial call away from blowing a fifth second-half double-digit lead. So why are we taking them? Well, I think I think they're better than the Steelers by a decent amount, um, and based on the home field they're basically calling these two teams equal um i think the steelers have a slightly more advantageous home field than most teams so i'll give them the full two points here and say that vegas is essentially calling these teams equal um but the raiders have quietly won four out of their past five and should have been five straight if not for that ridiculous baker mayfield drive but you know that's what you get with the raiders you get blown second half leads could be Um, oh for five two though yeah, could but you be. could make that case. You could make that case about their entire season. Like, sure. if you went back and looked at all that, like, they they lose one loss games, which is generally fluky. Um, hmm. or, uh, excuse me, one score games, uh, which is fluky. Um, you know, the team that's been really good at one score games is Minnesota. I believe Minnesota's 8 0 in one score games. So, you know, and everyone believes that the Vikings are a bit sort of overrated because their record doesn't indicate who they are. And the Raiders, by that logic, would be underrated because they've been in every game for the most part and leading against teams. Um, And they've, like I said, they won four out of five and the Steelers have won three out of four, but all three of their wins have come against teams lower on the EPA chart than the Raiders, the Falcons, the Colts, and the Panthers. Um, In fact, if not for a season opening win versus Cincinnati, which was a totally different Bengals team than the one we have now, Pittsburgh wouldn't have a single win over a team ranked higher than Las Vegas in EPA this season. While the Raiders have beaten three teams better than the Steelers in the past four weeks, the Patriots, the Seahawks, and the Chargers—all better than the Steelers. The Raiders beat all of them. There's a chance the Raiders will find a way to blow this game. That's part of the part of betting the Raiders. Um, let's just hope that it's like a, you know, Tomlin goes for two points to win the game by one instead of kicking the extra point, and we cover with the points. But like I said, the Raiders I think are a better team. I get points with them here, and that's it. I'm taking a better team as an underdog.
2: You showed your math on the Raiders being possibly underrated, but I would argue they've been overrated this whole season. They were at 1.2-7, and and they've been favorites in 10 of their 14 games. So I think most people are like, expect the Raiders to bounce back because they have a lot of talent on paper, and they've looked like they were going to win several games and choked away several games. Um also, there is this is a pros versus Joe's game in the betting market. More money is on the Steelers, but over 60.
1: 60- yeah, of course it's going to be the Steelers. Oh,
2: <laughs> yeah. Do you? I I know you're going to make fun of this angle here, but I think if anyone could sell the Franco Harris death, it's going to be Mike oh, Mike Oh my
1: god, that is the worst
2: angle. I knew I ever. you were going to hate it. I knew you were going to hate it. Oh, that's so stupid. Why do you hate stupid. it? Why do you hate it though?
1: It has nothing to do. The dude played in the seven like. How many guys on this roster were alive when Franco Harris was playing in the NFL?
2: None, probably. Actually, none. None. Yeah. None. Which, how old's Mike Tomlin? Was he alive?
1: <laughs> That's a good. Uh, Mike Tomlin's got to be older. Yeah,
2: yeah, no, for sure. But you say they're better, and I don't. I, I very rarely go to DVOA, but Pittsburgh. Mike 70- Tomlin was born in 1972, which isn't that the immaculate reception year. He does not remember Franco Harris games.
1: <laughs> yeah, 72 was the. Was the Immaculate Reception? I was, you went
2: to—I don't know shit about Pennsylvania, but you went to Penn State, right? So I'm sure you've interacted a lot of Yinzers, a lot of Pittsburgh fans. Like they are as as like a community. They're gonna they're gonna be excited about this game. We're going to always be excited about this game because it is the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. Which good,
1: I love it. That that plays into my favor. All this fanfare around all this other crap really that doesn't matter. Perfect. Okay. Just-
2: all right, so you just think it's noise, and you think it's actually baked into the number?
1: It is noise, and not only that, the Raiders are are still kind of playing for something. Like, the Steelers are a game behind. Like, they're not making the playoffs. There's almost no path to the Steelers making the playoffs. What? Oh, wait. They have a, wait they they're 6-8. The and eight. They have the same record. Oh, yeah. All right, well, they ignore that part.
2: All right. I'm not going to edit the that Ra- out, though. The
1: Raiders have the tiebreakers.
2: For sure. Okay. Well, not if they lose. Not if they lose tonight or Saturday. Um, uh, I don't. I don't usually go by DVOA. Go back to
1: your Franco Harris angle. <laughs> I don't you mean, go to your Franco Harris angle. I'll go to my angle. that the Raiders have a better shot to make the playoffs,
2: even though they have the same record. Yeah, I think what we're figuring out is both are bogus. So let's just let's just omit <laughs> them both. <laughs> uh, I, I, again, I try to get this point out a few times, I'm stammering through it. But not a big DVOA guy. I think too many people use it, but. They are. They correctly predicted the Philadelphia Eagles would be the best team in the NFC. They look like juggernauts. And, and right now they have Pittsburgh 17th in DVOA and, and Vegas 26, so comfortably better. I looked for other stats to maybe prove that, and I guess that's a little bit of confirmation bias, but Pittsburgh is plus 12 in first down differential this year, and Vegas is minus 13 in first down differential. There's just games where Vegas is whole team just goes in the shitter their offense just tanks like they were inexplicably shut out against new orleans it doesn't make any sense but they just have these weird games they have weird quarters right like they have weird final plays of games like the, everything about the raiders is just it's just ass backwards um and i don't know how you feel about kenny pickett i've always been uh, since it since sucks. the nfl draft last year i've been a, i've been I think Kenny Pickett's pretty good. I know he's much better than Mitch Trubisky. Like, I actually think Kenny Pickett could be a franchise quarterback. So, I think Kenny Pickett playing in this game is actually an upgrade over Mitch Trubisky. And I think he gets some stuff done against Vegas's awful pass defense, which looked good against Mac Jones last week. But, again, Mac Jones is terrible. And you made a face, but Kenny Pickett's got a better completion percentage over expectation than Derek Carr this year. So, He's throwing better balls. And Okay. You can have Kenny pick it. I'll take care of Carr. That's great. Hey,
1: we actually got back to even in our little side bet. So this is perfect.
2: Beautiful. 50 bucks? Absolutely. Love um, it. and before there was Jared Goff in bad weather, Derek Carr was that guy. Now you get Derek Carr and below – why? It, it, why are you shaking your head and rolling your eyes? How – if it applies to Jared Goff, why is it bullshit for, for, for Derek Carr? I have Carr?
1: to see – I got to see the numbers. I don't believe you.
2: <sighs> some gambler I listened to said that. Any any time Derek Carr plays oh, below good. 37 so some degrees. some random
1: guy who you can't remember said something, and <laughs> that's enough for you to go with it.
2: Oh, no. It's a specific guy. Dave Esler from Pregame.com said that Derek Carr, or excuse me, the Raiders are zero and five straight up when the temperature is thirty-seven degrees or below. I don't know why he picked thirty-seven as a number. Yeah, yeah, yeah I hear you. 37's a random number. That kind of Carr. I'm looking my at point. his
1: outdoor versus dumb numbers right now. Like they're they're negligible at best. Can, ba- he's basically the same player.
2: Can you cycle that down? Don't or um, filter that. Cold down.
1: doesn't matter. Stop trying to make cold a thing.
2: But cold does matter to golf. How does it not matter to, to, to I don't Derek think Carr? it matters
1: to golf? You think it matters to golf? I don't. I'm much more about like playing outdoors with any type of wind and not in perfect conditions that affects golf.
2: What's, what's the short way of putting that? That would be weather, right? You're saying all but right, it's not I, temperature.
1: I, You're boiling it down to temperature.
2: I'm saying uh, winter weather, Derek Carr outdoors sucks, and Jared Goff outdoors sucks. It's the same type of thing.
1: It's not the same type of thing. Just straight up cold does not affect hardly anything. It's wind and precipitation. According to Dave exist, Esler,
2: I game it does, though.
1: Well, yeah, but he drew an arbitrary line at 37, which is a random fucking... It was probably like... He's probably 2-0 and oh at, at 38 degrees, and he's like, well, let's discount that. Let's go to 37. There we go. Now we're where we
2: need to be. Well, what if it was below freezing? Do you think he's... He, he, maybe he's 0 for. Why isn't it below freezing? Maybe he's o for two below freezing, but when you get it up to thirty-seven degrees, he's 0 for five. Either way, I can tell you he's. This is all he, arbitrary. <laughs> he, he, you're right. My last point, though. TJ Watt, force Multiply. You're saying Cincinnati was a different team in Week One than Pittsburgh, um, than they are now. So is Pittsburgh, right? Like, they had T.J. Watt for that game. Then they didn't have him for nine weeks. Since week 10, when they got T.J. Watt back, their fifth in defensive success rate, the Pittsburgh Steelers are. They have a solid offensive line or defensive line between Alex Highsmith, who I think has 10.5 sacks, and Cameron Hayward. And they also have an elite, excuse me, a very good cornerback in Cameron Sutton and an elite safety in Minko Fitzpatrick. So... I think this defense is legit, and they're going to show up at home in a primetime game. Okay. Hey, we're oppo. All good. But actually, no, we'll talk about that game in a second. Next best bet for for, for Dan Z is in Washington at 49ers. I like it. Talk about it.
1: I got Washington plus the points, plus seven. Um, I will double check because, again, I – did this research like three hours ago and you know things change in three hours money's coming in on
2: commanders plus seven minus 115
1: yeah um i hate this bet but i'm making it anyway um and the reason i hate it is because like i there's nothing worse than when you're like i just have a feeling and like that being said i just kind of have a feeling about this game
2: hold on that's like the third time you've said that this year maybe you should get rid of that maybe Maybe just feelings are good. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe feelings are good. Do and know and I, when I have a feeling, let's be bros and um, talk about our feelings.
1: <laughs> I think Washington can win this football game. Like I, I actually do. I don't um, hate it. One of my, obviously, as you know, I love to fade recency bias. That's real easy here. What we saw most recently was Washington losing to the giants on national television. They scored 12 points. And now they're going up against San Francisco's defense, which is the best in the league. Um, but like we talked about a little bit earlier, the 12 points, a little misleading. They had two trips inside the 10 yard line and didn't score any points. So, you know, there's a couple, there's some points left out there. Washington Stevens is pretty good too, man. Um, I love the Brock Purdy story. It's a fun story, but there's a reason he was the last pick in the NFL draft and started the season, not even dressing like he is due for a regression. It's going to come and you know, the 49ers are three, and zero with Purdy Although technically, for some reason, Jimmy G gets credit for that win against Miami, even though he only threw four passes. That's just the way it works. Um, they dump trucked, you know, the Bucks and Tom Brady, 35 to seven. They won again last week. The Purdy train is like rolling down the tracks at full force. You've got people like he's better than Jimmy G, even though he failed to beat him or Trey Lance out during training camp. And like I said, didn't dress for the first four games. But we can, I guess, pretend that that didn't happen. Um, but there's also a motivation factor here. Now, I know we talked about earlier, like you can you can argue motivation either way, but there really isn't much at this point for San Francisco to play for. Um, They've already clinched the division. They have virtually no chance to catch Philadelphia for the number one seed. So they're going to finish either second or third in the NFC because Tampa Bay is obviously not going to catch them. And the difference between second and third in the conference is like sort of irrelevant. Um, I guess it's a, it's a potential home game in the second round, but not that big of a deal. I don't think, especially when the team you're fighting is probably going to be, Uh, Minnesota you're gonna you know I don't think San Francisco cares if they have to play in Minnesota not that not that big of a deal
2: but Washington truck that team
1: right so like I don't again like what are they playing for a home game against Minnesota in the playoffs like that that's not to me it's time for San Francisco to kind of just like you know like, they might start giving Christian McCaffrey some blows here and there. Get get some of the rookie runners in there. Like, you got to be healthy for the playoffs. I don't know that you're going to run Debo into the ground, Ayuk into the ground.
2: Can I give you a counterpoint on the motivation? I've heard this a bunch of times. The Shanahan family hates the Washington organization because of the way they treated Mike Shanahan and from Kyle Shanahan's yeah. time. I know. I know. I'm just saying just the only pushback is the fact that, like, Kyle Shanahan one guy. might want to beat the sh- – what do you mean? Say that again?
1: I said it's one guy, like when it comes to it's business decisions, right. But it, when it comes to business decisions on the field of like, you know, am I going to lower my head into this tackle? Am I going to pick up that extra yard? It's kind of like, I don't know. It's, there's a little bit out there like, hey, we got this shit locked. Like there's just, they're just not playing for anything. And I mean, again, it doesn't mean they're going to just not show up and forfeit the game. That's what I'm saying. But, you know, these are human beings and they know their spot is basically locked already with three weeks to play. Uh, where Washington, on the other hand, is like hanging on to a spot by a thread. Like they, their tie against the Giants is the only thing keeping them in right now. Over seven and seven, Seattle and Detroit, uh, they got to win every game at this point. The total for the game is thirty-seven, which is extremely low. Vegas thinks this is going to be a low-scoring game. I mean, you're getting a team getting a touchdown in a in in a situation where the the total is thirty-seven. So, I get a team that's much more heavily motivated against a third string quarterback, even though he's not playing that way, with a really good defense, getting seven, low scoring. I don't know. It just it feels right. Feels like the right spot here.
2: No, I I would I, I don't like this game at all, to be honest. Um I just think stylistically the 49ers match up so well with the commanders, but I think your point about motivation is is strong you know brock purdy you would think is going to come back down to earth in one of these games washington's defense is nasty especially the defensive line maybe they're one of the few teams that could at least make san francisco's offensive line work um and i yeah like i do think washington has a huge motivational edge but i just think just San Francisco matches up so well against them, so it's a it's a stay away. We from don't need
1: it, but we don't. Yeah, we just don't. We don't need Washington to win. We need them to cover a touchdown, which I think they can do.
2: Absolutely. Um, next game, though, last game that we're going to talk about, we're we're on Green Bay Packers at the Miami Dolphins. Um, we both we both like the Dolphins right now. The Dolphins are minus three four. and a half, minus one ten no, each way. It's it's maybe I got to refresh. Oh, it moved.
1: No, yeah, you're right. It moved.
2: Okay, minus three and a half for the Miami Dolphins. I think it's sharp money, or it's supposed sharp money, whatever. The market's coming in on Green Bay, but this is just a great situational spot for Miami. Um They got the best kind of loss last week, thirty-two twenty-nine in Buffalo. They covered for us, Miami backers, and they played really well. They're plus. Um, plus 0.8 in yard, net yards per play. They gained 7.1 yards per play. Buffalo gained 6.3. Um, and they need this game like blood. They return home after three straight losses on the road, but their losses aren't embarrassing. I mean, they did get the shit beaten out of them by the San Francisco 49ers, but they were missing both their starting tackles. The 49ers are the best team in the league. Um, then they lost. their other two losses were... To two of the best five quarterbacks in the NFL, and Justin Herbert and Josh Allen, um, Brandon Staley did make Tua look really bad in prime time, and that's concerning based on how the Chargers' defense has played this year. But they are trending up, and Brandon Staley looks like he's doing better with that defense. So, yeah, and- and the
1: Packers' defense is 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 bad. It's a bad. It's a bad. Defense.
2: Really bad. And we were oppo on games last week with Green Bay, uh, Rams. I took seven. You laid seven. And what was an obvious fade recency bias of the Los Angeles Rams, which is a good angle. I didn't have much pushback on. Um, but I, I was I,
1: actually surprised to see when you posted your your handicap that you were taking the Rams.
2: Yeah, I could see how it would appear to be square in the the. The outcome. Everyone
1: was taking the Rams. Like every yeah. handicap. And I was like, good. I feel good about my bet. Then I think I'm on the right side here.
2: Yeah, I've had some success this year, though. When I just kind of stick to my guns, and I liked it early, and I was like, you know what, whatever, I'm gonna ride out. But when I looked, when I read your analysis, like these are making you're making some good points, especially the fade and the recency bias. Like Baker Mayfield sucks. He just looked great. He's gonna regress. But Green Bay beat the Rams 24-12. I know you watched that entire game. That was sadly that was the Los Angeles Rams. Being fucking ass. Green Bay sucked. They sucked that game. Aaron Rodgers, he's doing these weird hand signals, which outkick discussed and w- hilariously surfaced at the end of the game, which actually gave like backdoor cover potential, right? Because they ended up it was third and two on the four yard line. If if Green Bay gets the first down, which they did, they can they can kill the clock. Um, he does a hand signal to Christian Watson. I don't know to throw it out to the flat. Christian Watson doesn't get it. Completely misses him. They end up running it for a first down. But I'm locked into that game because, like, holy shit, they're gonna go for it on fourth down. Maybe, maybe, right? Maybe they sneak in the back door. But ultimately, like, Rodgers isn't on the same page with its wide receiver core, and that was evident in the end of the game. And that was evident in his him air mailing that ball. Like Green Bay played. Played really bad last week, and I'm just excited to fade them again this week because it looks like they played really well, but they they didn't. They just beat a terrible Rams team by double digits. Um, Dolphins have an edge in the trenches, a plus matchup edge and run and pass blocking. According to Pro Football Focus, Green Bay's got a minus matchup edge and run and pass blocking. Miami is better according to all the efficiency metrics. They're 8th in net YPP, Green Bay's 20th in net YPP. Miami's 5th in net EPA per play, Green Bay's 16th in net EPA per play. Green Bay is on shorter rest. Uh, Miami's on extended rest. They just won in prime time, and Miami just lost in prime time. So I think it's a great spot for the Dolphins. And I'm assuming you have a little more to add, but what's what's your case for the Dolphins?
1: Yeah, so you know, last week most of my anal- you read my analysis so you know, my analysis on picking wasn't backing the Packers, it was fading the Rams. This was just a perfect spot to fade the Rams who are <laughs> arguably the worst team in the NFL. I mean, he it, actually, well, no no. We don't need to get that deep into it. But my thought was like God. how
2: does how does that make you feel about your Raiders pick, speaking of which?
1: It was just a – like, it happens. Crazy shit happens. Like, yeah. it was just one of those things where Mayfield joined the team two days later. He wasn't – it's just like one of those stories that sports somehow sometimes write. And it was a cool story and it was fun. But it was such an obvious fade, the Ram spot, coming off of that. Like, you know, we just – we, you know, as humans, recency bias fascinates me. Like, we have all of this past information. And we ignore the shit out of it because something different happened, like – Just now, right? Like, we have so much information that Baker Mayfield's bad at football. He's been cast aside by several teams. The Panthers cut him so they could start Sam Darnold, right? Like, the idea that, like, oh, my God, with Sean McVay, he's reviving. Like, dude, it it was cool. We can appreciate it. It happens. Sometimes, like, Baker Mayfield's still a professional football player. He went out. He had a great game. It was fun. I enjoyed it. But, like, come on. Let's not – like he went out Like look, – I'm looking at his numbers right now for the, the Monday night game. 12 for 21 for 110 yards. Like just god-awful. So anyway, that was a fade the Rams spot. It was – in no way was it a backing the Packers. But now we get to fade the Packers recency bias, which is, like you just said, they seemed like they looked good on Monday night. Like they had that game pretty much in control. I was never worried that the seven wasn't going to cover. I felt good about it pretty much the entire game. But there were a few deficiencies. Like number one – as we talked about, like the dolphins were able to get their run game going against Buffalo and cam Akers looked like a competent running back against the Packers. He averaged over five yards a carry. Mm -hmm. I think the dolphins can certainly run the ball on green Bay. I think the whole
2: playbook is open for them.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a great bounce back spot for Miami's offense. Um, Green Bay's defense stinks. They don't have anyone that can stick with Tyree kill or Jalen Waddle. I think the dolphins are going to be able to score. Um, Like I said, the ground game looked good against Buffalo. It's certainly going to look good against green Bay. Uh, The Dolphins have torched bad defenses this season, especially the Packers' uh, divisional opponents, which is they put 31 on Detroit and 35 on Chicago. Uh, They got held to 16 against Minnesota, but that was without Tua. You know, according to EPA per play, Miami's just outside the second highest tier. They're like kind of just below like the Cowboys, the Bengals, the 49ers. The Packers are just average. Like they're just in that big clump of the rest of the NFL. So if home field advantage is worth between, you know, one and a half to two points, we'll give Green Bay the nod and say they actually get two points because Green Bay, I think home field is. I'm, yeah, I'm but... sorry, we're going other. Get... Miami's is low. I, I did that backwards. Sure, Miami's home field is probably low, so they're probably on like the one and a half line. That means that like on a neutral field, they're saying that the Dolphins are two points better than Green Bay. I mean, that just seems way off to me. I think Miami's four, five, maybe even six points better than Green Bay. This line should be much closer, if not over a touchdown. Um in fact when I first saw the line that Miami was three point three and a half point favorites, I was like, Are they on the road? I thought Miami was home this week. Like that was my legit thought. Like yeah. they must I must be wrong. I must have forgotten that they were on the road because how in the world are they three and a half point home favorites? Um plus we get a rest and preparation advantage here, which I feel like is going under under talked about the Dolphins played on Saturday and the Packers played on Monday night. Um, So like don't underestimate Mike McDaniel with a couple extra days to prepare. This is a very big game for the Dolphins in terms of playoff positioning. Uh, Both teams are still kind of fighting for it. So I don't see any major motivational advantage, but just that the Dolphins need to win and they know it. So I think this is a very big game for them. I expect a very complex game plan from McDaniel who had an extra couple days over his opponent. Plus he's going against Matt LaFleur who I think he's a better tactician than anyway. So I get extra days with a better coach. I think there's value in this line, despite the fact that we're laying three and a half.
2: Yeah. I think based on how these two teams look on paper and like the efficiency metrics, like if you took away the names of the teams and the players on each team, you'd be like, Oh, this is an obvious trap line. Like they're trying, they're begging for Miami dolphins money. But then when you add the names and realize, well, the public is going to back the Packers and Aaron Rodgers if they're an underdog, regardless, like they, they know it. I mean, And frankly, it's been that's been a very profitable angle over the years. But I think this is a spot where it's like it's like the sports books are taking advantage of Green Bay Packers being one of the more popular teams and Aaron Rodgers being one of the more popular players
1: and and coming off a Monday night win.
2: Right. Right. So like a national television win.
1: And they beat their, their I mean, they're on a two game winning streak like. You know, there there have been images conjured up of sort of, like, the relax thing, you know, when Rodgers famously had the relax, and then they went on to win, like, 13 games when they started. Or yeah. Whatever the crazy story was. Like, there's still some of that going around, but, like, Packers aren't making the playoffs, man.
2: Yeah, I honestly – I think we did really good with this game. You know, like, I think the uh, like the pushback, the the Packers case is Aaron Rodgers, right, and giving him three and a half. Like, that's as obvious as it gets. I can't think of another – another argument for the Packers. But I think the idea of Aaron Rodgers as an underdog is so strong and the public is going to back that regardless so much, especially Dolphins losing three straight where it's kind of like, you know, the line makes sense. Even though like, to me it's like obvious, like you got to bet the Dolphins here, the line makes sense. So um, we're on the same side. Hopefully it wins. I mean, based on your record, it should. <laughs> Uh all right man well that's the last game we had to talk about. We gave out we discussed 10 games. I gave out 6 bets. I think you gave out 5. So we did some we did some really good work here. Um opposite of one seems he's in the other. We'll see what our head to head record is after next week. Uh where can people find your stuff? You've been handicapping more and doing more just culture sports coverage. So talk about that.
1: Yeah, I've officially uh, switched. I, I was hired at Outkick to be an editor. Uh, I approached our boss uh, Gary and said, "Hey, man, I, I really want to write. I want to create content." Um, and you know, to his credit, he was cool. He was like, "Yeah, let's do it." So, I'm now officially an Outkick writer and content creator. Um, you can catch me on Twitter at Outkick Dan have been trying to tweet more. Uh, if not, you can always just find my author page. I write, you know, several stories a day. So, if you're interested in my stuff. Find me at Outkick. Uh, I've been talking with Dan Dokich's producer. I think I'm gonna get a get an appearance on that show coming up. So yeah, man. All good things. It good all started stuff. with this with this podcast though. So I gotta say thank you to you.
2: <laughs> no problem, man. I mean you've you've made our listeners sharper, you've made me sharper. Iron sharpens iron, so I'm happy that you're uh one of a fellow outkick writer and handi- handicapper. You do a lot of sports betting stuff, so um you know you're gonna you're gonna be a fixture on this podcast when we talk about college basketball, March Madness. Yeah, I'm, gonna, and I'm some definitely of the gonna be diving.
1: I'm a big college basketball fan. I don't like the NBA, that, and that's great. That's your thing, so good. You can you can have that. Um, but I do love college basketball. I watch even like degenerate college basketball shit. Once the NFL ends and there's just like nothing going on, I will watch the most degenerate, uh, crappy college basketball games because they play it like the middle of the day on the weekdays. Like it's something to do. So, uh, yeah, keep an eye out. I'm going to be handicapping college basketball probably a lot more once we get through the NFL season. But right now I'm just kind of focused on the NFL.
2: Yeah, PGA Tour is down um, right now or kind of in its, like, break because of the holidays. But I'm definitely I'm going to be handicapping the shit out of the PGA Tour. And I know you like to get in on the majors. So do, yeah. we'll discuss some of that. But, uh, yeah, show us some love on social media. Follow Dan on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter. Follow Outkick Bets on Twitter. Give us a nice review on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts and uh good luck and merry christmas.
1: Merry christmas.